Gemara Moed Katan Davchet Hamasechet has been dedicated by our good friend Mr. Martin Arani. Amen. We begin today's daf on Zayin Amud Bet. If you remember yesterday's daf, we were discussing over here the Inyan that the Mitzurah uh, is not Tamer to the Kohen renders a ruling on him. That's according to everybody, the Bihudah, the Bihoseh. And if the Kohen uh, wants in certain cases, the Torah allows, I should say, that the Kohen to suspend the, uh, his ruling. For example, a Hatan, that is in the seven days of his, uh, you know, Simha, of his wedding. We don't want to ruin his Simha. Or, let's say, during the Regil, we don't want to ruin anybody's uh, uh, Simha. So, therefore, he does not have to make a ruling. But you see that what? That it's really dependent on a, uh, a ruling of the Kohen. And we saw different Pesukim that were brought. So one of the Pesukim that were brought to prove this concept was from uh, the law of Nig'eh uh, What was Nig'eh If there's Sara'at in a house. So the Torah says the Kohen comes to the guy's house and tells him, take out all your possessions from the house. Why? Because in the event that he's going to render the Nig'eh Tameh, so he doesn't want all the... Um, Items in the house to become tameh, so he's doing him a favor. He tells him remove, remove everything first. That means he's suspending his judgment. So you see, from over there, you can suspend the judgment. So the Gemara comes along and says, and that's where we're beginning today. But the Bihuda did not learn from there. The Bihuda learned it from a different pasuk. The Bihuda actually learned it from the pasuk that says ubiyom har otbo. You know, on the day that the kohen looks at the tzara'ah, to make a rendering, which teaches us that some days the Kohen looks, and some days he doesn't have to look. So the question is, why didn't the Bihuda learn it from Batim? That you see why you could suspend the uh, uh, rendering of the, of the tzara'ah until the guy gets his uh, possessions out of the house. So you see that it's all talu on the ruling of the Kohen. So bottom line, on Dab Zayin, I'm with the Bihuda, me'atam lo gamrinan, dehidushu. Nig'eh Batim is indeed a Hidush. Why? It's a Hidush because the Gemara goes to the faith. As a general rule, you know, etzim, uh, wood, stones, do not become Tamim. I mean, you're regular, without, assuming it's not a keli, for example. Just a, like she says, Peshutei keli etz. They're not mekabel tum'ah. Ve'hacha metam'u. And over here, they're tameh, which is a hadush that a wall in a house is going to become tameh. So therefore, we don't learn from hadushim. Just because we see you could suspend the ruling of a tzara'at, and it's dependent on the Kohen's word, that's why maybe nig'eh batim, no proof to regular nig'eh adam. So the Torah says, V'rabi, Amar, Rabbi comes along and says, it's terich. Rabbi says, no, we need that pasuk as well. If it just would have said the other pasuk on the day that the Kohen renders it and observes it, well, I would say maybe he can only suspend his judgment for Dvar Mitzvah, like a wedding or a Fedegel. So therefore, Ketav Rachmana, the Sivah Kohen. So that's why it wrote Nikhe Batim, that what it teaches even for voluntary. Items like taking his possessions out, which is not a mitzvah, you're allowed to suspend the judgment. The e katav rahmana vesiva kohen, if the puzzle just would have written by Nikai Batim, Haba Amina Hani in the Labduma de Gufe. I would have said maybe only by Tumat Sadaj you could delay the judgment. Because why it's not Tuma on the body. Aval Tuma de Gufe, Emma Mehzah is Yale. Maybe I would have said that he has to look at it. He has to render it and give a give a give a ruling without delay. Tzericha, and that's why you need both. According to the B. You actually need both Pesukim in order to teach us uh, this Kedush. Amar Mor, we learned uh, in, the, uh, in the statement above, Yesh Yom She'ataru Ebo, V'yesh Yom She'yataru Ebo. There's certain days which the Kohen observes Salah, and some days no. So the Gemara is saying, Me'emashma. Where do you see from this Pasuk over here that some days the Kohen looks at the Salah, some days maybe it's just giving you a, 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 a simple shot, and maybe it's just telling you that um, that whenever the Kohen 
looks at the sanaat and he sees that it starts to grow healthy signs, the guy will be tahor. Maybe just giving you a, 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 a rules of the examination, not when to examine. Meaning, when the Kohen looks at it and sees the following signs, then the guy's tahor. How do you know to learn from this person? Certain days he looks, certain days he doesn't have to look. Maybe just giving you the rules. When he looks at these sanaat, the, the, the rules are after it starts to look like healthy flesh, then the guy's tahor. So the Gemara says, no, I'm not a bayeh. If we're just teaching you the rules of Tzara'at, let the Pasuk write it bayom without the Vav. My ubiyom, what's the Vav? Shma'amina. Uh, so he learns it from the extra Vav. Yeshom she'atar o'ebo. The Yeshom she'atar o'ebo. Certain days that the Kohen observes Tzara'at and certain days no. So basically, it's from the extra Vav in the Pasuk. Rava Amar. Rava says, you don't have to say that. The whole pasuk is superfluous. Just let him say when the queen observes. What do you have to say during the day? Just say when the queen looks at it. So the whole word is extra. So that's a machlok between Abayin and Ravam. Where's the source of this derash? Is it the Vav? Or is it the actual Word itself. Very good. So the Gemara comes along and says, Abaye. Oh, so what, what, what does Abaye say? Why does Abaye say that the word is not extra? No, he needs the word Bayom to come and teach you that what? That the only, the Kohen only observes Sara'at during the day. He's not allowed to sur- uh, observe Sara'at at, uh, at night. So the Gemara says, where does he know it from? Because again, he's learning the word Bayom to teach me that certain days the Kohen looks and certain days he doesn't look. So where does he learn that the Kohen can only look at Salah during the day and not tonight? The fact that the Kohen has to render the Salah from his eyes. He has to be able to see it with his eyes. Now when does a person see with his eyes? During the day. At night, obviously, you can't see. So what is, why does not Bayer like that pasuk of Ene'eh? He learns that the Kohen has to have two eyes functioning. The fact that it says Ene'eh, is plural. So therefore he learns that a Someh, a blind Kohen, that cannot see in one of his eyes, cannot render uh, rulings on Sada'ah. So Rava should learn from the word that rule as well. So we're back to the question. According to Rava, how does he know that the Kohen can only render rulings on Sada'ah during the day and not the night? So the Yabara says, you're right. He learns from the law of that he's going to have two functioning eyes. And if he's a Someh, he will not be able to render. So where does Rava ultimately learn that you can only render rulings during the day? And the Gemara says, So he comes along and he says, so the Pasuk says like this, that when a person comes along and says, that I saw, to me, I saw a nega in my house. Uh, so it says he has to appear by his own vision, not by, uh, not by the light. For example, a candle or something like that. So therefore, I saw the nega. Now, how, how is the person able to see the nega himself without the aid, let's say, of a of a external light during the day? So therefore, you see that they only go to the Kohen during the day. I didn't see it with the aid of a light or a you know a, a candle, artificial light. Why didn't Abaye learn it from there? I would have thought, right, maybe only when it comes to Tum'ah of Batim, then he has to see it from his own, uh, from his own light. But I would have thought that maybe when it's Tum'ah that comes from his, on his body, maybe you can even examine it by the light at night. To come and teach me that even by Nig'eh Adam, only by the light of the day, and not the light of the night. That is the. Uh, that's the difference. Now there is an Ashi over here that we didn't read, which is Kedai to read. 
which is applies to what we just read as well. Look at the third line in uh, Rashi. David, are you with us here? Yes. Beautiful. Uh, good morning. So about Tum'ad de Gufe Emalo. The loyal leave Tum'ad de Gufe, Tum'ad de Lab Gufe, the Dbar had a shoot, maybe Sivaha Kohen. Right. You would have thought that you can't learn the laws of Nige Adam from the laws of Nige Ebatim. Because the whole laws of Nige Ebatim, like we said, is a, uh, is a Hidush. Kamash Malan. Kamash Malan, Ubiom Heraot, the Hainu Tum'ad de Gufe, the Mamtina and Lord Dbar Mitzvah. Right, and what I'm just saying that once already you see that you could suspend rulings for even a tumah that's on his body, from there we could say that the, the word mitzvah kohen will teach us an additional chaydush. That not only could you suspend it for divad mitzvah, like uh, weddings and things like that, but you could even suspend the Tzara'at for Dvar HaNeshut. Now, even though Dvar HaNeshut is being learned from a Chidush, but once already I see that suspension can be done by, by, by Gufo. So therefore I'll apply even the case of Chidush to the case of Tum'ah de Gufo. And the case of Chidush is even Dvar HaNeshut. Because ultimately, you can always just say at the end of the day, okay, maybe Dvar HaNeshut only applies to Batim. No, but once already we see that the laws of Sadat can be suspended by Nikai Adam, namely for mitzvah. So I can now extend it and say, well, once already you see we can suspend it. And I see that we can suspend it by Nikai Batim. So I'm going to say, you know what? Who had deen by Nikai Adam? So ultimately, everything is sourced. It's just that at the Mahlokan over here is, we have different, uh, we have different Pesukim over here. It's the Taptos Fortress says, Etzim ba'avanim lo metam'u. Okay, but even though but by by tumat nigebatim it is metameh, etzim v'abanim lav davka that tenam masekad again the Rebbe Yehuda filu chavile kash v'chavile teben. Okay, so it's not only etzim v'abanim, even if the house is made out of straw or kash uh, or different things like that, also is subject to the uh, to that to that item. Okay, the next toast for my ubiyom yesh yom shataroe mashmal abaye the Rebbe Yehuda darish vav. Okay, it's the ubayom like we learned. Rebuda is learning from the extra vav. Tosfot just brings different examples where you see that Rebuda is doresh, the extra vav. Vechem perek hamad sanhedrin, gebe veshofetecha, perek elumetziot, gebe umatzata. Fine. So therefore, that he just shows in different places, vekashe iu gufe, lo darish vav. But you see, you see that Abaye himself is not doresh vav in some, uh, in some cases. And he brings the uh, different examples over there. Which is normally learning like this, that even if you didn't want to learn the Vav over here, there's another way to be Doresh. But in the it could be Rabbi agrees that the Vav Dirash would, uh, would be okay. Okay, comes the Gemara and says. Okay, let's go back to the Gemara now. The Gemara now, we start, actually, we start a new Mishnah. The old Amar Abimir, Abimir said another halakha regarding A person may gather the bones of his father and mother and reinter them on Cholamoed. You remember, we learned that they used to bury them and they used to wait till the body decomposed and then would reinter them and put them in the family plot. So a person's allowed to reinter. Uh, the uh, the bones and gather them and bury them in Holamoid. Because it's considered a simhara. She says that you're burying him in the family plot. He's happy to get his parents, you know, in the in, in the in the right spot. And therefore it's not going to cause him tsar. Rabbi Yose Omer Evil Hudo. He says, no, no, that's not, that's not going to be a happy thing for him. It's mourning. And therefore you should not do it during the regular. Next one. Lo Adam Almeto. A person may not be me'orer. What does that she say? Lo yorer al metor, she? Imet, imet lo met, chodesh o chodshayim kodem ha-mo'ed, lo yorer, mefaresh b'gemara, kad hadar saktana b'ma'arabah, kilomar, shelo yizkor saktan, 
Wow. So if, let's say, God forbid, a person has a, somebody died, either a month or a uh, couple of months before the holiday, he shouldn't go around uh, and uh, hire a eulogizer. He used to have professional eulogizers. And he knocks from door to door and he says, oh, come cry with me and you're me'orating bichia. Now, when, when is the limitation of this? We cannot motivate uh, eulogies in crying. No, are you allowed to actually eulogize you know, himself? That she says, If God forbid somebody died within 30 days of the day again, you cannot hire Safdanim in order to be uh, Maspid. So the 30 day rule is going on both over there. Now we'll see why 30 days. You cannot hire a eulogizer, nor can you eulogize within the 30 days of a hug. The Gemara begins. You told me in the Mishnah what a person could reinter the bones of his parents on Chola Mored. Why? It's a simcha, it's a joy. What do you mean? We have a contradiction. On the day that the person reinters the bones of his parents, Wow, that day is considered a day of Avilut. But in the evening, he's not required to make uh, a velut, which means a one-day morning period. Why? Because bottom line, he's burying uh, his parents again. And therefore, uh, it's until nightfall. But what do you see from over here? That one must make this morning period, even if the bones are wrapped up in a, uh, in a sheet. No matter what, even if he doesn't see the uh, the bones, it doesn't matter. He has to have one day of uh, Avelut. So the question is, uh, even if he wrapped them up, he doesn't see them. The point is, how can the Mishnah say Simhahilo? It's You have laws of Avelut that kick in when a person reinters the, the bones. So how can you tell me in the Mishnah that a person is allowed to melaket adam atzmot abiv What do you mean simhaylo? It's clearly the, the, that's a day of avelut. So the Gemara comes along and says, "Amar abaye ema." Read it like this: "Mepene shesimhat regel alav." Now, what does this mean? Literally means the simha of the regel is upon him, is on him. Therefore, what? So read that she over here. Wow. What, what, what does that mean over there exactly? What, what is that she answering? Kilomar. Yeah, so he's so busy. He's so, so busy being happy. That, yeah. That, that he's not that, 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 that You have to say that. The, what about the So you have to say that the Avelut is overridden by the hug. And therefore. You have to assume also that since he's so involved, like you said, in the Simcha, preparing in the holiday and whatever he's doing to make the Simcha, it doesn't bother him so much. If he would have done it on a regular day, where his mind's not preoccupied in Simcha, in the that brings him to Avilut. Now clearly there's no Avilut on the Regal. That, 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 that's, that's for sure. The Gemara didn't have a there's going to be Avilut on the Regal. The Gemara's question was, but you see it's a sad day. And the Gemara's saying, when is it a sad day? When there's nothing else preoccupying his mind. But when it's a Simhat Regal, where the guy's already involved in happy things like that, it doesn't bring him to too much Sa'at, and therefore it's okay. The Simhat Regal will offset the uh, Sa'at that uh, normally would be caused in such a case. And what's that Simhat based on? The Simhat is based on Simhat Regal. So it's, we're changing from what we said in the Mishnah. In the Mishnah we said it's a Simhat because he's reinterring him in the, in the family grave. Now we're saying no, Mishnah. This is Simha law Since it's Simha Taregel, different Simha. Since it's Simha Taregel, we're not worried about him being so, you know, saddened, and therefore it should be okay. So we're falling off the first interpretation that we said in the Mishnah. In the Mishnah, as she explained, Simha law is what? He's happy to do it. He's happy to do it because he's bringing the, 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 the parents to the family plot. No, now we're saying different shot. This is Simha law since the Simhat the Regal is upon him, so therefore it's not going to uh, 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 cause him to be so uh, so sad on the Hag. Okay. So a person cannot 
literally inspire eulogies for his uh, relative. My lo yar al meto. What does that mean? Lo yar Amar av kad hadar sabdana b'ma'araba. When a uh, you, have, you have these pro- professional eulogizers, they call them saftana, uh, and they would um, they would be in Eretz Israel. Amri, they would say Yifkun emeh kol ba. Let us cry, uh, all the broken-hearted people, for the person that died. So if we cannot, mo- you know, go around with this uh, eulogizer thirty days before the holiday, why not? It's thirty days before the holiday. What's the problem? What's the purpose of 30 days? Amazing story. There was a guy. He started to collect money to pay for his trip to Jerusalem. That guy has a little savings account. And he's saving some money, putting some money aside so he can get to Jerusalem. And when did he start to raise this money? He started to collect this money or to save it. You know, before the holiday, it was 30 days before the Hag. That's when the people start to learn the Halachot. So that's when he started to collect this money. What happened? A eulogizer came to his door and told him, listen, you want me to, uh, you know, eulogize your, uh, you know, you lost one? Obviously, the guy lost somebody within, you know, the, the, recently. So the eulogizer came along and said, listen, if you want to give me some money, I'll, I'll make eulogies. Untalatam ishto. The guy's wife took all the savings and gave it to the eulogizer. <laughs> and therefore they weren't able to go to the Shem, they didn't have any money. So basically, they, I'm not going to say squandered, but they gave the money that they had earmarked for to send to Jerusalem and ended up giving it to the eulogizer. At that time, the rabbis made a takana. It's amazing. So it's something, it's a monetary concern over here. Because they don't want the person to use his money that's earmarked for Eretz Israel to now all of a sudden start giving uh, 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 money and therefore it's going to cause you to not go to Eretz Israel. That's the reason of Rav. Shmuel says no. Once the person starts to eulogize, it takes 30 days to forget the met. So if you're going to start eulogizing within 30 days, what's going to happen? The mind of the person on the hag is going to be on his mitt. And therefore it's going to distract from the simha of the hag. Read Rashi top line, the fee. Unbelievable. So it's not only he's going to remember that she says the dead guy, his dead relative on the regal. He's going to come to eulogize him. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a natural reaction. Once the person remembers the niftar, he starts to talk about him and he'll start to mourn him. So therefore, they don't want, they want it to be out of sight, out of mind. So therefore, if you're going to start, if a person is going to start eulogizing within 30 days, it's just going to, it's going to be a carryover. And he's going to do it on the regular itself. So we have two different... Rabbi, yes. Why does she have to go so far to say we're worried he's going to be uh, making his bed on the regular? Because, why because we just learned above by interring the grave, by interring, re-interring the, the body, we said the Simcha overrides it. The Simcha overrides ah. it. So therefore, if the Simcha overrides it, what are you worried if he's going to be upset? So no, it's more than he's going to be upset. This guy's going to come to actually eulogize. So therefore, you have to say it's a different gezeran because we again we learned some hahilo, which means what the the fact that there's so much simchan the hag, he doesn't get upset. Okay, so that's the only thing not going to get upset, no problem. But this guy over here, we're worried once he's in eulogy mode. That's it. Eulogy mode takes thirty days to, to to flush out of his system. So therefore, he might remember, and therefore it might cause him to make a spin. Now the question is, what is the nafkamina? Uh, between uh, uh, these two reasons, meaning, is it a monetary concern or is it a eulogy concern? Right, let's say you find so this, a, a eulogizer that was is willing to eulogize for free. So according to the second reason that we just gave, I don't care if he eulogizes for free or not. The point is, it's going to be a eulogy within 30 days, it's going to remind him of the myth and he's going to come to eulogize on the hag, like Rashi says. But if you learn the first reason, it's because the guy squandered his money on paying the eulogizer. If the guy wants to do it for free, 
should be not be a problem. So therefore, according to Rab, this will be permitted, and according to Shemuel, it's going to be Isu. Look at Ashi David Behinam. Right. Very good. That is the sugya regarding that. And then the Tosfot on top just says, follows Rav. That what? It's the money the money concern. It's only to be asur when you hire a professional eulogizer. Aval who shari yoter Wow, what an amazing hadush over here. That when the Tosfot saying that even according to Shemuel, it's only as when he hires a professional eulogizer. But if he eulogizes himself, he gets it out of his system. And therefore, he relieves himself that it's not going to come to eulogize on the hag itself. It's very interesting. But comes out according to Tosfot also that the halakha follows Rav. So therefore, really we have to ch- check the halakha because people eulogize within 30 days of the hug. If somebody dies within 30 days of the hug, they have a funeral. They make a spending within 30 days of the hug. The week of the hug, they don't do it, obviously. Nisan, let's say they don't do it. But 30 days before the, is, 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 in, is in Adar. So you tell me what, from, from Purim, there's no eulogies until, uh, until after Pesach, until after Nisan, I should say. 30 days before. So what's the... So, and it, so if you tell me that Lachan's like Rab, sounds like the only issue to be to hire a eulogizer. But if it's for free, it's okay. So therefore maybe that's a, 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 a leniency. Or he's saying even if you follow like Shemuel, it's only a to hire. My, my opinion is that, again, like I said, I said things a few times, I don't think our eulogies are like the eulogies of the olden days that motivated people like this. Where they were, you, remember, you remember a eulogy for thirty days, and you're crying about. I don't know if it's the same. Uh, if it's the same level of this, maybe that's why that they're. Uh, maybe that's why they're lenient. Uh, he right. seems. Right. Like, Rabbi, do we need money to? So we don't need money today. To, right, to right. If you're asking like Rav, we don't pay the eulogizers. Exactly. If it's only a money concern. We don't. We don't pay them. No. It's correct. And we don't need to save money. We don't need to save money for the regular. Right. Well, no. I don't think it means just for Jerusalem. You need to save money, let's say, for other purposes of the holiday, for food, for clothes. Jerusalem, not Dafka. It just means Surkeahad, which we still have today. But once we pass it like Rab, the whole thing is paying the eulogizer. I agree with you. We don't, we don't pay really the eulogizers today. Um, I'm just looking over here. Uh, I don't have the Shulchan Aruch in front of me, but I guess we can open up Shulchan Aruch. Open up. Open up Shulchan Aruch. Siman, uh, what is it? Taf Kuf Mem Zayin. You have it there, Benny? Taf Kuf Mem Zayin. Let's hear it. Taf Kuf Mem Zayin. Halacha Giman. We'll hear the Halacha and see, uh, see what we do. Just wait a minute for Benny to get this, this Mishnah Brura. I think again it's Tav Kuf Mem Zayin Halacha Gimal. For the Hayim. Right. Mishnah Brura. It's in the six pack, exactly. Unmute yourself, Ben, so we can hear the uh, the way Shulchan Aruch writes it. Beautiful. Let's hear it. Uh, which which side? I think it's Gima. Oh, oh, right, that's all, big, big hadushte. <laughs> yeah. on, on a med that died before 30 days, so then already he cannot start uh, uh, getting involved in, the, in, in, in this 30-day period. 
Oh, so that's a different halacha. So if somebody died within 30 days, of course you can go to his pedim, funerals and things like that. No choice. It's like that, yeah. It's like that. Hazag Baruch. Exactly. That would be what we have at Arayat. When the guy died already before 30 days, so he wanted the year Arayat, let's say, is up. During, within ah. the 30 days of the Hag. So therefore, the guy died six months ago. Okay, it doesn't matter. Now you cannot re, reawaken that, uh, that item. But if a guy dies within 30 days, it's, 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 open, it's an open wound already. <laughs> so therefore, there's not enough coming out. Eulogize, not eulogize. He died within 30 days. You're not solving any, any issues by not eulogizing. It's fresh. But they don't want you to o- awaken an old avilut within thirty, you know, within thirty days of the hug. Let's read that again. And okay. uh, start from the beginning. Right. What, even though you're eulogizing, let's say, legitimately, you can't throw in the other guy. Now, once we're doing it already, so we might as well throw in the guy who died six months ago. You can't do that. We have a Mishnah around that? Wow, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who the Maspid is. It's Mahmid. Right. A stranger or the same guy? Right. Well, so Tosfot so is Mahmid, by the way. He's only, even if he's doing it for free, right. even if it's the guy himself, not like Tosfot. Even if he right. does it not for free. Word. Exactly. So therefore... Oh, so that, that's the Salakha. So, right, 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 right. Right, he passed like Shemuel. The point over here is, the point over here is, so this, this would be enough Kamina for one year Arayats. That, 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 that would be the enough Kamina. But again, my opinion, at the one year Arayat, nobody's eulogizing with crying and this, you know, weeping and all that stuff. I don't know if really... Rabbi, yeah. Maybe someone has a 30-day Arayat, in, in that zone, he should be careful to make it before 30 days. At least oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Well, 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 well it's, it was, it, no, it's still within 30 days, but. No, no, not if it's after. I'm saying, let's say, let's say, let's say the guy passed away, uh, whatever. Oh, so you're doing it on the Sunday that's after, after that, that, that's uh, already yeah, after 30 do, days. They push it off a, a week yeah. and get to Sunday. Yes. And then that's already 32 days. Right. You know, that, that right. in order to get and maybe they should that's be right. To, right. You have to be cognizant for the 30 day Adayat. Uh, to try to do it before, obviously. Uh, again, but again, if you hold that, that's really hespedim. If, if you hold that, okay, well done, job well done. Let's get to the next mishnah rabotai. Matniti in chofrim kuchin ukbarot b'moed. Okay, so now we're talking about digging graves, burials on the on the moed. Now you know what these kuchim were? These kuchim they used to dig like uh, catacombs. They called them. They would dig into the ground, and they would make like slots in the ground, uh, and they would like stick the uh, metim, you know, next to each other in the ground. And like these, uh, uh, these, it's not like a, a normal grave that we're used to seeing, where you dig a hole in the ground, you drop the guy in. No, they would like dig a tunnel under the ground, and they would make slots in the ground, like one, two, three, four, next to each other, and then they stick the uh, metim, you know, next to each other in this, uh, in this. Uh, um, Kuchin, that they call it. So we cannot build them, basically, or bury them, make new ones on Holamu'ed. Aval, mehanechin et kuchin b'mo'ed. So they're allowed to adjust them. We'll see exactly what adjusting. I mean, you have, you have an existing one, it's permissible to adjust to the Holamu'ed. V'osim nevrechet b'mo'ed. A person's allowed to make a, a pond, filling the pond with water on Holamu'ed. We'll see what the purpose of filling a pond is. Ve'aron imamit b'chatzer. A person can construct a coffin 
in the courtyard where the deceased is. So if the deceased is there, so nobody's going to think you're just making coffins, you know, for future purposes. If the, if the mat's right there in the Hatzid, it is permissible to make the uh, coffin right there. Only if the boards are ready prepared. But you cannot go now cut trees down in order to make... Uh, to make a uh, 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 an aron, okay. They have to read the rashi's on the mishnah and chofrim. And chofrim kuchinu kibarot lesorech metim shedarkan lachpor kuchin kibarot lezamnenan lesorech metim sheyamutu. Well, obviously, we're not talking about that they're digging a grave for for, for need. They, they could just have them ready. So that's obviously an additional tirha to do these new catacombs. No purpose. Now here's the problem, because over here it's saying that you're digging a, or you're making a pond of water in order to launder clothes. Look at Tosfot. Tosfot right away says, what do you mean laundering clothes? You're not allowed to launder on the holiday. Tema, ve'amai sarik b'mo'ed, ma'lo em mechabesim b'mo'ed. So what are you making a pond for laundering? Ve'eshlomar, Right, we're going to learn that there's certain cases where it's permissible. For example, somebody that was out of town, he was in jail, they let him out. We're going to see all the cases where they allowed. So it's 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 it's, it's for the for the launderers that are that are permissible. Let's continue. Right, so the first time a kabbalah you can even cut the woods initially and you know make it from scratch as long as the myth is there. Nobody's going to think that you're just doing it. Stop preparing uh, uh, coffins. But the Biudan says no. As Oser, okay. Now look at the Tosfot for a second. That's only on a met that's not famous. Wow, if it's a famous guy, everybody knows he died. So you can make the Aaron even in the public uh, marketplace. Like the rabbi of Hananiah, who was the friend of the Rabbanan, where he died at Holam Amazing. Tosfot says, since today the communities are so small, anybody that dies is considered mefursam. And therefore, they can make the aronot anyway. It doesn't have to be davka mechaseh. Very, very interesting, Tosfot. My kuchin or my kibarot. Okay, there's two different things over here. We're mentioning kuchin and kibarot. Different type of burial situations. Amar Yehuda, kuchin b'hafira. Like we said, the kuchin, they actually dig into the walls uh, uh, and they make these slots over there. So kuchin is in the walls itself. And what? Kevarot b'binyan. And the kevet is this above ground item. You know, they build these buildings above the ground. Let's read the Rashi over there. No Rashi. No Rashi over there. Okay, but that's what it is. Like we saw, Tanya uh, Oh, here it is again. We have a braita. This is the story of the kuchin, and this is the story of the kibarot. Kuchin b'hafira, that they're digging in the ground, and kibarot b'minyan. And these kibarot, they build like an above-ground building. Now, this above-ground building, um, right, they build an above-ground burial chamber. Okay, like we see sometimes in the cemeteries. Now the Gemara comes along and says, "Avam mechanchin et akuchin," but you could you could you could adjust them. Okay, said mechanchin. What does that mean? You adjust them. Amar of Yehuda, Shimaya arok mekatsero. If it was too long, you could you could shorten it. I guess you fill it up with some dirt or rocks to make it a little more short. Or you can make it wider. You know, extend it a little to the width or make it narrower. There you're not building it from scratch. You're just uh, adjusting the size. The Mishnah then said, They can make these wash ponds. What is a nifrechet? It's called a bakia, a pond. 
So Nevrechet is a Bakiya. So the Gibbara says, wait, Vatanya had Nevrechet and Bakiya. Which sounds like from the bright, it's two separate things. There's the Nevrechet and the Bakiya. Amar Abaye Betima Ravkana Giha Ubarkiha. Which means Nevrechet and Bakiya basically are the, uh, the main pond, and then you have a secondary pond. What does it mean, main pond, secondary pond? Nashi Giha Ubarkiha. Okay, so basically they're both ponds. Big pond, primary pond, and then you got the small pond. The big pond is called the Nivrechet, and then you have like a smaller one next to it, like the excess waters, they flow into the, into the small pond. Okay, very good. Gemara continues. Ve'aron imamet b'chaser. Tanina le'ad etanu rabbanan. Osim kol tzorchei hamet. That on the holiday, holamu'ed, all the needs of the met can be done. What are the needs of the met? Gozazim lo se'aro. They make the tahara, so they cut his hair. Umechavesin lo kisuto. And they're able to wash the shrouds. Ve'osim lo aron menisarim hamnusarim me'erev yom tov. Which sounds like the Shitav Rabbi Udana Mishnah. That you can only construct a coffin from boards that are already prepared from before the holiday. Rabban Shimon Gamaliel Omer, You can even bring wood. You can cut them, saw them up. You know, in the privacy of the home. Look at Rashi over here. The Aronim Ahmed Bahasir. Well, it's like we learned in the Mishnah. You can, Aron im hamet b'chaser. It's got to be Davka where he's there, because everybody knows it's Sorech Hamet. Minu sari, minu sari, minu sari. Okay, like we saw in the Mishnah. That's the Rebuda's opinion that said you can only take boards that are prepared already. But again, Abad Shemuel Gamaliel said you can even bring boards and cut them up. B'tzana'ah. Betoch beto in his house. Again, within the courtyard, I guess, where the, where the met is over there. So that's like Tanakama Vamishnah, basically, that you can make the boards uh, from, uh, from scratch. Mahloket in this Braita is the Mahloket in the Mishnah. Okay, let's get to the next case of Botai. En nusim nashim bamoed. Okay, can't get married on Hola Moed. Lo betulot, virgins, almanot, widows, lo beyabimim, no biyabum, befnesh simhahi lo. It's a simcha. Okay, so what's the problem? Aren't you supposed to be happy on the holiday? Beautiful, we're happy that you're happy. So now you'll be double happy. You'll be happy for the holiday, and you'll be happy for getting, get, getting remarried. So look at that. She said, Nefarez Begimara. She's bothered. What's the problem? Simcha is a great thing. Stay tuned. He can remarry and take back his divorced wife, which we know is a mitzvah anyway, but he can do that on Cholam Moed. A lady can make her... Uh, uh, adornments, we'll see takshita is literally like, uh, to make herself beautiful, she does certain things, she can prepare the takshitim uh, on Cholam, we'll see what that means. Okay, she cannot put lime on her skin, they used to have these limes that they used to put like for the depilatory, to, to remove the hair. So she cannot do that in Cholam, it seems that uh, it's, uh, it's a painful process. And therefore, though it makes it look good afterwards, but the process is painful, therefore they don't want to do that on Chola Moed. Now regarding uh, sewing on Chola Moed, an unskilled guy can sew in the normal manner, because anyway, it's not in a you know, professional way. But the professional, Makliv, he's able to do it in irregular stitches, which means basically like the teeth of a dog. One is up and one is down, which he doesn't do it in a, in a straight way. We can make the beds. In the old days, you have these ropes, that they used to string across, like to make a, uh, a, a, a bed that you could lie on. So you're allowed to weave the beds or, you know, lace them. Rabbi Yosef, Omer, That you can't initially make the beds, but you can tighten them if they're there already. Okay, Gemara's going to discuss all these cases. Our question. You tell me you can't get married on Cholam Why? Simha. Beautiful. So what's the problem? Aren't you supposed to, since when is Simcha forbidden on the Hag? Gemara says, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shemwebichin, Amar of Yehuda, 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 Am
There you go. We're not allowed to uh, mix the simachot. Uh, therefore, what? What does that she say? Kilomar. Uh, I was going to take away. We want you to uh, put your focus on the simha of the hag and not mix it up with a, another simha. Interesting concept. Rabah Baravuna Amar it's not the pshat that you're going to do that you shouldn't have two simachot at the same time. Whether he's going to neglect uh, the joy of the holiday and uh, be involved with the simchat of his of his wife. According to the first reason, even the guy says, "No, I'm not going to neglect. I'll be happy on both." No, no, It's got to be exclusive. The second pshat is no. They're telling you. That we're worried that the, the simcha of the wife is going to take away from the simcha of the hag. Amar le Abayel Rabbi Yosef, ha de Rabba, ba Ravuna de Ravu. That which we just said, this reason over here uh, in the name of uh, Rabba bar Ravuna, it's actually from Rav. The Amar of Daniel bar Katina, Amar Rav, minayish en nosim nashim How do we know that we don't marry on the holiday? Shneimar v'samachta b'hagecha. So you have to be happy on the hag. Behagecha velo beishtecha. Aha. We finish pasuk now. Behagecha davka velo beishtecha. Now the difference between this reason, and the first reason, according to the first reason that you cannot, you know, mingle uh, semachot with another reason. It sounds like any joyous occasion, not only weddings, anything. Uh, I don't know any type of item. Uh, maybe siyum masechet chavoyazlini. But the point is, any type of semachot. Not only marriage, according to the second reason, no. It's specifically by marriage alone. That would be a tremendous nafka mina. So that's the two, first two reasons we say. Or that gives a third reason. Because of the Torah. What's the Torah over here? I guess you have to prepare the Sauda. And that's going to cause a Torah on the Hatan that she says, Rabbi Yitzhak Nafcha says an amazing reason. He says, Wow, by allowing them to get married on Chola Mo'ed, it'll cause people to refrain from Piriyah Why? Because it's a great time to get married. Everybody will delay their weddings for Chola Mo'ed. So, so a guy that you know, can get married now in uh, January, will say, you know what? I'll push it off till April. Because Chola uh, Mo'ed Pesach, when I'm off. And therefore, basically, you're pushing off Piriyah three months. So therefore... The Gemara says four reasons why you cannot get married on Chol Either en ma'arbim suhab subha, or have a pasuk the sabachta ba'give a low be'ishtek, or because of Torah, or because of bitul periyav ribiyah. Ben, just read the bottom tosfot for us. Mepene bitul periyav ribiyah. Just to put exactly. she right. all these all, the, all these all these reasons have to fit in with the lashon of the Mishnah because the Mishnah is mitzvah simhahi lo. What's got to do with periyav ribiyah? So to what says because since it's a happy time, he'll say, "Oh, I'll get married at a happy time." They will delay periyav ribiyah, or he'll say, "I'm free and it's a happy time. I'm off for work." So therefore, it's a good time to get married. That's, they all have to explain this simcha hilo. All these reasons won't apply by Mahazir Giru it's not the same thing. You don't make such a feast like you make for the first wedding. So no much Torah. The Simha is not, uh, you know, so uh, so much. You have a problem of in Ma'arim Simha Simha. When it says Be'ishtecha, it doesn't mean the, the, the wife, Be'ishtecha doesn't mean your, your wife that you had already. 
And nobody usually delays this wedding. I pretty have to be yet kids. So therefore, the Lord says, we're not worried about all these uh, Now we discuss other types of parties. Okay, weddings, we know is a separate item. What about a Brit Milah? Right. There used to be a question, could you make like they make at weddings when there's a big crowd. Bila, you don't do it. Why? The baby's suffering. You can't say simha. So therefore, it's not such a simha item that you would delay it on hola mo'id. So you can make a brit milah on hola. It's amazing. There was a half a minute to maybe delay a brit milah because of it's a simha. According to the first reason, no, it's not such a simha. The sa'ad of the tinok. Second reason. Oh, so that's coming out would be a milah shalobiz According to the first reason, milah shalobiz it's no problem. Bottom line, it's, it's sa'ad. But according to the second reason, Tosfot saying, no, we're not going to be batel, uh, something that says mano kabua. But maybe it's a milah shalobiz mana. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe, maybe it would be delayed. But we don't, we don't have, we don't, bottom line, it's not. Because even according to the second reason, it's still zmano kavua. Just, whether it's, shlob is banan, not is banan, it is zman kavua on the eighth day. So they were once the eighth day passed, you stop the hayuk to do it every second, could be that we'd be known enough, Kamina. What about a pidyon? Oh, so Tosfot is not saying like I said. Tosfot is saying, what are you going to say? You're going to say, Zmanah Kavua, 30 days. Okay, I'll give you the 30 day pigeon. That's Zmanah Kavua. What about after 30 days? After 30 days, already, it, you're not doing it on the Zman already. Once you pushed it off, maybe push it off to, to later. Maybe you could say that by Milah as well. Maybe only he was only discussing Milah Bismana. But in Echanami, Milah Shalom Bismana, maybe in Echanami, we have the same question. That's, that's why Tosfana gives two answers. The first answer will, will get, get rid of you, your, your, your Milah Shalom, because it's Sa'ar. It's not a happy occasion, because it's Sa'ar of the Tinok. But Pijon, you don't have Sa'ar of the Tinok. So therefore, the Chaurah, a Pijon Shalom Bismana, which is going to be a hit there? Ah, so it's only a wife. If you learn this derasha, only wife. No, they didn't also say any other uh, items. What is Right, which is even if you hold of the end marim simcha There's two two reasons there. Either it's end marim simcha b'simcha or v'samachta b'hagecha v'lo b'eshtecha. So if we hold the simcha b'eshtecha v'lo b'eshtecha, only 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 marriage, nothing nothing else. And even if you want to say end marim simcha b'simcha, it's not every type of simcha. It's a simcha of seudat nesuin, but not seudat pidyon. And therefore, no matter which reason you take, we'll be able to uh, to get out of it. Therefore. Because it was four, it comes out, so that Mila Mutar, so that Pidyon Mutar, even on Holamoid, even a cases on the Shalom Bismana. Okay, Rabotai.